Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hello, little fuckers. We've missed you. We've missed you. But I think we've kept them, you know, entertained with some of our favorite episodes of the past. Someone told me that they discovered Nicole Byer through our podcast. And I was like, how? How? Whatever. They're living under a don't blame me rock, which I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm like so flattered. But this is definitely the only time that has ever happened. We were like so excited that we even booked her and then it happened the same day that you had your seizure and you were like I'll push through and I was like are you sure it's Nicole Byer obviously I will push through she's 
absolutely everything to me. So, yes, thank you all for letting us... No, I'm not going to say thank you for letting us. Capitalism is not getting to me. Happy that you all enjoyed the replays for the last three episodes. And we had a eventful three-week break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We talk about it on this week's episode of But Am I Wrong? If you want to hear us talk a little bit more about that. Now everything's lined up, so it's coming out the same week. Finally. (laughs) But yeah, so we are happy to be back recording new episodes and 2022 starting off going a little too hard. Yeah, a little too hard. How have you been? You know, I've been okay. We are, I talked about this a little bit on the other podcast. It is Tuesday, the day that we are recording this. And Moth and I are submitting our first offer for a home tomorrow. Wednesday. It's very exciting. Which is crazy. So positive thoughts. But at the same time, I'm keeping reminding myself of the things that I don't like about the house because it would just be absolutely unheard of to get a home on the first offer, especially in Mm -hmm. LA. You know, we could have offered way more, but I'm like, this house is not. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. LA home prices, like the, the market has like surged them up so much. And I understand that but at the same time i grew up in a very i didn't grow up personally wealthy but i grew up around a lot of wealthy people in a very very wealthy grew up in an affluent area very affluent area shout out to my dad for building a house there in the 70s but he could <laughs> but i was surrounded by homes that cost a ton of money but at the same time i'm like you have beautiful vistas everything's gorgeous i mean there Marin has a lot of its own problems big problem Mm -hmm. with racism and white saviorism and white liberals bad vibe but also like great public schools and all of that so i understand how people pay a lot more for those houses whereas in la i'm like no i can see the freeway (laughs) like i'm not gonna be paying this much for it but it's Mm -hmm. really cute it definitely would need some work but that's like kind of what we wanted yeah so we're keeping our fingers Frost. And what else? Mott's got norovirus, but he's better now. So far, knock on... Such a cute name. Isn't it though? Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, me and Mott's dad are the only people in the entire family who never got it. So like nice. crossing my fingers. And I have been incredibly humbled by a two-year-old because... Oh, that's what they will do. It's only getting worse. So when we were in Colorado... Mm-hmm. He would ask me to draw, he would say, Aunt Megan, draw a octagon. And Mm -hmm. the first time I drew it, there were not eight sides. And he's just looking at that and he goes, Aunt Megan, draw an octagon. (laughs) And I was like, okay, let me try again. And I'm trying. And his dad, Maz's brother, is dying of laughter, not helping me at all, just laughing. And then finally he goes, can Aunt Megan draw a hexagon? And just starts just like, I was like, this is so, so wildly humbling. And then he started just saying, Aunt Megan, draw a circle. And I was like, sure, I'll draw a circle. I've been demoted to circle and triangle. And it hurts. But then this one was my own fault. He loves puzzles. And I also love puzzles. So that's like one of my favorite things to do with him. And small puzzles. Because I hate his big ass big ones that like he doesn't help with. But he like wants me to do it. He just like turns into a dictator and just tells me what to do. And I'm doing this puzzle. That's not even fun. But so I got him a... Mats and I got him a US map puzzle. Mm -hmm. And it has like the wooden pieces and... 
I, again, I was thinking about him and I wasn't thinking about me. And he loves memorizing things. Like he's all about that. Like very much like one of those like little kids you see on Ellen who just like has all those things memorized. Yeah, he's like a little sponge. A hundred percent. You like ask him what Obama says and he says, yes, we can. You ask him what like Ruth Bader Ginsburg says and is like, I resist or we resist something. He's great at this stuff. But it has not only the states, but also the capitals. And I was like, oh, that's like a twofer because he'll learn the states and he'll really love memorizing those and knowing all those. And then he can move on to like capitals and like, that'll be great. How are you with that? That's the issue. So Mm -hmm. uh, they are smaller pieces and he can he can do them, but they don't each have their own little outlined slot. Like they all fit in together, which is like a more advanced thing. So like he can do them. And so that you know what it matches with. Yes. So he can do like the outer corners and that stuff, but like it doesn't precisely fit until everything's in there, which is just a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of him asking me to put them in. And I have now recognized that not only do I not know where a large chunk of the states reside, but I also do not fucking know the capitals. So like the outline on the map like on the wood and when you take the pieces out just as the capital and I'm like oh fuck and so we were over there the other day and again everybody is just dying of laughter because he just keeps going like Megan put this piece and Megan put this piece put this piece and I'm like it's like I'm holding Wyoming and I'm like I don't know where it goes so I am learning with him so I think that has been helpful and it has solidified Motz's view that we cannot, I personally could not ever homeschool our children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, one day I would like to sit and do that with Soren because I am very versed in, like that was one of my favorite things is states and capitals. Like we would have sections of, I don't know if you, probably not, you would have sections where we would fill out maps and we'd have a test at the end of the week. Did you have those? So no, but that's like the fifth grade criteria okay. and we didn't have that. Okay. So we had that and I would fill out the sections around that weren't even part of the test for that day. Yeah. So that is <laughs> not me. Like this mm-hmm. is again, very Marin. One of the pitfalls of my, I went to like hippie school for elementary school One of the pitfalls is they were like, we're on stolen land. We're not going to learn about all of these states and all of this arbitrary stuff. And I was like, as a kid, I was like, sick, don't have to do this. As an adult, I'm like, okay, so we acknowledge the problem, but we're also not going to learn that much about said problem. Okay, we're using Mm -hmm. as an excuse to not really do this segment as much. But like, you know, I learned lots of other like fun stuff regarding history, but yeah, not that. Mm -hmm. So... It's like, I'm good when it comes to, I can do the West Coast. I'm solid when it comes to the West Coast. I mean, there's only a few states. Exactly. But then when I even get to (laughs) Colorado, I know like what states Colorado touches on the left. When I was like, Colorado shares a corner with Nebraska? The fuck? Mm Mm-hmm. I just can't. Well, maybe this will be education for you as well. There are some random states that I like know capitals of and stuff. Like, I'm not going to call Arkansas random, but like people were impressed that I knew Arkansas. And Mots goes, doesn't count. Melissa's from there. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I've also been there, but I couldn't yeah. flex that. So you'll have to do it with him sometime and show yeah. off your skills. And then he will never let me do it again. <laughs> Melissa, where is this? 
I like to slowly take over all children's lives. I even, one of my sisters, I even, like, her dog likes me better. <laughs> well, both their dogs actually like me better. But the other one, like, I was around a lot all the time before I moved. So, like, that dog loves me. But then the newer dog my other sister has. The first time we met, mm, three years ago, he peed on me. So, I've been pissed at that since then. Literally. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I went this time, he was obsessed with me. And then, you know, the children are obsessed with me, too. But I unfortunately didn't get to see them a lot because they were all sick with non-COVID things. And so it was kind of like ping-ponging back. So I didn't get to see them as much as I'd like to. That sucked. Did they get strep? No, but we found out that Audrey has needs to get her tonsils taken out. So that's why she gets sick all yeah. the time. Yeah. At least she's so, young, though. That's the good, the best mm-hmm. time to get it done. Yeah. I had my adenoids taken out when mm-hmm. I was a little bit younger than her for the same reason. So we shall see. But I was just thinking when you were talking about humbling, mine's a little bit more simple. But last night I was talking to Melanie and Abriel, the youngest, the two-year-old on FaceTime. And Abriel pushed the phone away because she didn't want to talk to me. And then her dad came in the room and she didn't realize he was in the room. And, my, and Melanie goes, hey, Q. And then she pulls the phone back because she thought he was on the phone. And then when she saw it was me, she pushed it back. I was like, you see this dude every day. Why am I being treated like someone you don't want to talk to? When you talk to, like, she'll just call, she knows how to, like, find me and call me. And it's like, wow, I feel very disrespected and hurt. Yeah, so I got disrespected by my niece and it hurt my feelings, but I'm over it today. It's been a long day, though. I've already directed an audiobook this morning at seven o'clock. Wow. Yeah. And I was impressed with myself that I set an alarm this morning. <laughs> I was like, damn, look at me. Well, I guess we should give you a little lowdown on the show if you are new here, or maybe you've just forgotten. <laughs> so we're Don't Blame Me. We are an advice show where we give wonderful, life-changing, amazing, wonderful. I said wonderful twice because it is and it's wonderful squared advice and you give us a call at 310-694-0976 international listeners send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com under three minutes or you will be cut off by us but mostly by google voice number mm-hmm. and we ask that you let us know your pronouns you're 18 or over have your per- parents permission to call and you write down everything you're going to say. You time it out before you call us. Make sure it's under three minutes. Practice. Get all of the right info in there. And then you can just read it aloud when you leave us the voicemail. And that is how you can receive, drum roll, please, a... I can't roll. A diamond. You can't roll your R's? Mm-mm. Rub it in. Okay. It's not much I can do, so I like <laughs> to rub it in. That's how you can receive a diamond from the diamond herself. Me. Melissa, diamond. Ah, the crowd goes wild. So, okay. Shall we get into it? Yep. Okay. So my call was um, the one where I wanted to move in with my boyfriend and a roommate. And he ended up wanting to get a studio apartment to himself. And then I just lived in a house with just me and my roommate. And that actually, you guys were right. And that was honestly the best. I don't think it would have worked out if the three of us 
stayed. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it would be bad, but it is nice. Like, he has his own space, and, like, it can just be me and him when I go over there versus, like, me and her, we're on the same sports team together. She's still an undergrad, but other than that, we have, like, a very similar, not even similar schedule, but lifestyle because we're both in college, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that ended up working out really well. But now for next year, me, so I talked to my boyfriend, and he does want to live together next year. So he's like, yeah, let's move in together next year. So we're planning on doing that. We He actually got a dog that we have together, and, like, we're doing great, and she's so cute. Oh. So we're really excited to move in with the dog and everything. But I have three other people that want to live with us oh. next year. Like, individually or, like, with you and him? T- like They want to all live, like, in a big house together. That's my nightmare. And at first I was like, okay, fun. And then I'm like, wait, no, that sounds terrible. Because two of them are a couple, so it'd be... Me mm-hmm. and him, the two of them, and then just someone else. No. 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 What's his thoughts on it? He doesn't really care. He's like, eh, I don't really like it, but whatever. Just like, he more so just wants to be in an apartment because he doesn't want to deal with like, obviously wouldn't be buying a house, but even like renting a house, like all the utilities like are in your name and stuff. And he just doesn't want to deal with all that, which now I'm seeing too, because like at this house, like. I'm an accounting person and like I'm from the area. So everything's in my name because it was just easier that way. Mm-hmm. But it's already annoying, like having to be in charge of all of that for one other person and me and her get along like fine. Like that's not a problem at all. And it already like annoys me. So I'm like, imagine if that was like four other people. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I don't know how to tell them like without being a bitch. Just say we want to live. Just we want to live by ourselves. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. That like you both have like you were going to do it this year, just you two and then held off. And so now for the next year, we really want to do just us. And like unless you are like broke, broke with no other options, that's like a you allocate the money for you two to live together. And if that was something that was already on the table, like yeah. it will be so dramatic. Like, yeah. Think of the other couple fighting and like, mm-hmm. yeah. And they've only been dating for like a year versus me. And my boyfriend have been dating for like four years. No. And I don't want it to be like a, Oh, we're better than you. But I'm like, I wouldn't yeah. even recommend them move in together right now. Well, you yeah. have to think of it as like every single day is like a double date. And yeah. dinner every night, like all of that Plus stuff. Plus an extra person. Plus an extra fucking person who's just yeah. gonna be like, <laughs> like that's so like, weird. Yeah. For me, like I understand that and I want my own apartment and I can afford it to like just me and him, or I could afford like my own place really if I wanted that. But the other people are wanting to save money and like wanting like a big thing. So I don't know how to explain it to them without sounding rude. I don't think you need to explain it in a way of like, this is financially not we're able to live by ourselves. Just say it's just we've been together for a long time and we kind of we just want to move in together. And yeah, I think if you like really phrase it as like, we're really excited for this next part of our relationship. We've been Mm -hmm. I think you will like also deter the couple who has only been together for a year for like (laughs) living together because i think when you are a couple and you seek out to have three additional roommates that's because you're trying to downplay the severity or the seriousness of moving in with a significant other so you make your significant other like a roommate yeah like if you're like no this is like a this is like a next step in our relationship that we're really excited for we've been together for four years and we're not looking to have any other roommates because again this is like this is the next step in our romantic relationship and partnership right it's not about like roommates like he's not my roommate he's my long-term partner 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the other couple, one of the reasons the girl was like wanting to do it, she's like, oh, like that way, it's just not the two of us living <laughs> together. And like, I can have help with the rent because this person's still in college. And I'm like, OK, but like, I don't want no. that. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's OK to be selfish. Yeah. Okay. And not think about their feelings. Because I mean, like living situations are something serious. Like they're really serious. Like you yeah. come home. Like, do you want to be looking at them when you come home after a long no. day? Right. Like they're going to like make out on your couch. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're going to have sex in a bathroom. Yeah. And you might be able to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not it. You should. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. It's their responsibility if they don't want to live together and all that stuff. I think you've got the perfect out, like the absolute perfect out. Yeah. And then I would also individually tell like the solo one person, just be like, don't move in with a couple. (laughs) Just like, don't do that. Not a good call. Yeah. I guess I just feel bad. Like, I don't want these people to be without a place or like without roommates. It's a ridiculous ask. Yeah, and they can, if they need roommates, they can find other yeah. people. And, like, they yeah. shouldn't assume, like, of the people who you would think would be the most wild card, it'd be, like, shocking if they said yes to moving in. I would think it'd be a couple who's been together for four years. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. not, like, <laughs> if that's who they're, like, really relying on, it's, like, you haven't thought this through because, like, that's not... Yeah, I don't know why they want to live with us, honestly. <laughs> Maybe you're fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of boring, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they're swingers. Maybe they've had their eyes on you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh That's no. The drama. <laughs> well, don't do it. Joking, joking. I don't want to put those weird vibes out. <laughs> you had the success story of this year yeah. realizing that and not not getting into like that times five, basically. Or times yeah. three. Math. Mm-hmm. Three. Yeah, because I feel like this year like i learned okay like don't move in with your significant other until like you're ready to like have that as like the next part of your relationship Mm -hmm. and i don't think the other people realize that yet because they haven't had like a year of seeing what that would be do they live together now no they're long distance right now oh god no absolutely no it's gonna be an adjustment (laughs) just for them to be in the same place together there's like a four year age gap too. Someone will be like in college and no. yeah. No. And it'll ruin no. like the excitement that you've waited all year to like move in with your you yeah. know what I mean? Like it will hinder your experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just not it's not good. Yeah. It's not worth it. Okay. So just kind of tell them like, oh, I really just want yeah. it to be the two of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we've planned for this. Okay. We're really excited about this. It's the next step in our relationship. And that's why I moved in with my roommate this year because we were holding off. And now this is mm-hmm. something we've been really excited for. But like, right. good luck finding a roommate. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> of course. You're welcome. Happy that it originally turned out well. And um, fingers crossed that if they take it the wrong, like, fuck them. Like, that's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. But if they take it the wrong way, then that might not be a situation I yeah. want to be That's in. on them. <laughs> That's on them. Like, yeah. you're yeah. totally reasonable. Yeah. They've got too many things going on, even outside of just financially. Okay. I just needed that validation. Yeah. I was like, am I being a bitch or is this crazy? No, it's crazy. <laughs> no. You're not a bitch. Y'all, they're <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again. Of course. Thank, Thank you, you for uh, giving us an update. Yeah. You'll have a good afternoon. You too. Roll the tips. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a long-time fan and listener of the podcast, but somehow I still don't know how y'all are going to react to my call. I'm kind of nervous, but here it goes. I am a 19-year-old 
female, uh, she, her pronouns, and my boyfriend is a 22-year-old male, he, him pronouns. We have been dating for around two years, and we live together. We each have a dog, and we kind of, like, raise our dogs together, obviously, we live together. And I've been with him since he got his dog. He got his dog before I got mine, and his dog is a blue killer, it's a boy, and he's around a year and a half old. So I've been around him since he was a puppy. He knows me as his mama pretty much. He loves me, sleeps in my bed every night with me, and I help take care of him pretty much as if he's my own. But he has bit me a few times, and he's also bit my boyfriend a few times. He has some really bad aggression issues and really bad disciplinary issues, and we've been working on it for a long time. He was actually attacked by a bigger dog whenever he was really young. And I kind of scarred him and made him a little more aggressive. So it's understandable, I guess. But I don't know what I should do because every time he bites me, whether it's minor or sometimes it's kind of bad, um, my boyfriend always kind of sticks up for him and tells me that, like, it's my fault and I'm reacting the wrong way. Even whenever I'm completely calm and trying to do exactly what he tells me to do, he still tells me I'm reacting the wrong way. And He's just always trying to make it seem like I'm wrong and the way that I'm acting is making him bite me. And I try to express to him that nothing should make a dog bite the hand that feeds him, like especially if I'm not hurting him or putting him in danger. So what should I do? Should I talk to my boyfriend about like training and like, I don't know, like looking into more about it? I don't know. I don't know what to do. He gets mad at me every time I like bring it up. So what should I do? How should I approach this? Um, I would really like to, like, save my relationship with this dog. He's a good dog, and I do love him. I've known him his whole life, and I have hope that he can get this sorted out. I know that he's not trying to purposely hurt me, and I know that he always feels guilty after biting me. So what should I do, guys? Please help me. <laughs> Thank you. Love you guys. I mean, I think the notion that, like, a dog should never bite the hands that feed him if it's not, like, if they're not being abused is not correct also you did acknowledge that this dog has trauma and but that is why and like Mm -hmm. i'm not siding with like your boyfriend at all but like yes there are certain ways that you can behave when you are around a dog that is aggressive or has discipline issues or has trauma that can trigger and cause that like there is a way to be around that dog And I'm not saying that you're not doing that. So like, he's not wrong in that statement. I just don't know if that applies in the situation. But like, overall, he can't say that if the dog's not going through training and Mm -hmm. the dog needs to be going through training with both you and him. You all three need to be doing said training together because if he's doing training, if you're spending like live together, you're spending all this time with the dog, like you are like the mom of the dog. He shouldn't have to be telling you what the training is to do all of that like you are equally taking care of the dog and it should be something that you are both getting that information from the trainer so you're all on the same page and so you're all behaving and disciplining the exact same way and like working on that because it's not ever a dog's fault for any of this stuff like it's the owner's fault and like the previous owners or whatever happened when he was like attacked by Another dog caused a lot of trauma and now it is the responsibility of both of you as pet owners. And I think like you've only been together for two years, but you do live together, but it's very much my dog and his dog. 
I think that like you just need to view both of these dogs as your both of your dogs and like go together to get the training. And if it's not something that he wants to do, then to me, that would be a massive red flag for him as a person. Yeah, my um, cousin had a dog that loved me it was just like laying on my and whenever I'd go over it would just lay in my lap and I'd pet him and then one day I was spending the night and I came out the bathroom and the dog just charged up the stairs and bit my hand and it seemingly came out of nowhere so you can't that's a dog that very much loved me and then bit me so like you can't just say you can't a dog wouldn't bite the hand that feeds him because they can. You don't know what's going on in their brain. And I agree with Megan. Like you guys should be going to training together. And if your boyfriend isn't in agreement with that, honestly, I think that he should have been the one that brought that up to begin with. If you're not going to training together, if he's not noticing some behavior in you where you're like abusing the dog and giving the dog like a reason, he knows that like it's already a red flag to me, I should say. He knows that you're not doing anything to promote the biting. So then why is he saying these things to you? You guys should be going to some type of training together so that you know what the dog's cues are and then you guys can figure out together why the dog's doing this. Yeah, because if you were inadvertently doing something that was causing this reaction out of the dog, he should immediately be like, I don't want you to do that because that's bad. That's harming the dog. And this is the result of that. And I don't want the dog doing this as a result of that. We need to be going to training immediately. Like it Mm. doesn't feel like he's looking out for you or the dog. Right. Another thing is like, if he cares so much about the dog and he thinks that you're doing something to provoke yeah. the dog, then why is he still letting you? Like, it's just red flags. I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying as someone, as him, as a dog owner, if he thinks that you're doing something that's triggering the dog to bite you, then why why would he continuously let you around the dog? That in itself is not a responsible dog owner. So mm. to me... I don't think that you're doing anything like you're not abusing the dog. And I don't think that like he just refuses to take any sort of accountability for this. And like this will affect your relationship. And you seem to have like a very like great understanding of like this is not the dog's fault. The dog feels guilty like this is a training and discipline issue. And at a certain point, you might just need to start recognizing and telling yourself it's a training and discipline issue. It's a boyfriend issue. Like, mm-hmm. it's a him issue. It's the person that you're dating and him as a dog owner, which, like, tells you a fuck ton about someone. So I think if, like, training is not something he's open to or something that, like, does not go over well with him, that I think that's time to, like, reevaluate the situation because how someone treats a dog and all of that, that says so much about who they are. Right. And like, it could just like get worse. Like I got, I mean, I'm not good with big dogs still to this day, but when I was like three family friend dog, I don't know how big the dog was, but like comparison to how little I was, it was a big dog to me. And like, this is one of my earliest memories that the dog, I don't know why, but I also didn't like the people who owned this dog. (laughs) Like I know that they didn't like them as people dog like jumped on me and bit my face and knocked me over when I was like a little little kid and that is something that like I can recognize as an even as a kid then that I didn't like the people who owned the dog and 
the dog then like bit me and that was a reflection of those people Mm -hmm. you know not the dog red flags yeah all right next call Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 24 and go by she, her pronouns. My ex is 29 and goes by he, him pronouns. We did it for three years and broke up over a year ago. We broke up because I felt like he didn't speak my love language and he was ready to settle down and have kids and I wasn't. He kind of sent me into a quarter life crisis. I realized I hadn't left my hometown, hadn't had a whole phase, basically hadn't lived. After the breakup, my sister got assigned to California and I decided to move with her And there, because since there wasn't anything holding me back anymore. I went to school, I bettered myself, got out of my comfort zone, and was on my hot girl shit. The bra on a broke. My ex called me a couple of days ago, which is not out of the ordinary since we ended on good terms and kept in touch. We call each other every couple of months just to check in and see how we're doing. Last time he called, I found out that he was talking to someone, which kind of stung, but he's a good man and it was bound to happen. I stopped calling just out of respect. I didn't want to get in the way of anything or start any unnecessary arguments between them. Anyways, he called me a couple days ago, and we were on the phone for over three hours. The last hour was through FaceTime. Seeing the way that he was looking at me, I thought, that's not good. There's still something there. I can read him like a book. The next day, he calls me, and he told me that he broke it off with the woman that he was talking to. When I asked him why, he told me that she was going through a lot and wasn't sure of what she wanted and basically didn't want to waste each other's time. We moved on from the conversation and started talking about our New Year's plan. That's when we both found out that we're both going to be back home at the same time. Because of his job, he's always out of state. He asked me if I wanted to go watch Spider-Man with him and then have dinner afterwards. I said yes, and we've been talking every day since. I keep telling myself we're just going as friends and not to overthink it. But I'm a smart woman, and I wasn't born yesterday. I know exactly where this is headed. So I'm reminding myself that we broke up for a reason. Also, you did not move all the way to California and go through this long journey just to move back home and get back together with your ex. However, there's a part of me that wonders, what if this year of art, this year of growth, is what we needed? Let me just add that I never planned to stay in California permanently. I've always planned to move back to Texas after my sister's time here was up, and that is still the plan. Also, I know that three-hour-long conversation with him was not very girl-supporting girls of me, but I am a Pisces, and I know I deserve some tough love for that, but please be gentle because I will cry. Thank you. It's okay. That phone call is very Pisces of you. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that aligns. I mean, here's what I, if I'm going to get like technical, what I would say, I would give it another year of this kind of time. I wouldn't necessarily call what you had a year apart because you were talking every couple months and like you didn't mention that you had dated anyone else or like been around. I mean, you said like you had a hoe phase, but like, I I don't know if you had like, association of like relationships and love with like one singular person like I don't know if you like went on a date with someone that you had I don't know if you had a crush on somebody or if it was just like sleeping around having fun in that sense which I think is great and something that awesome to do if you want to do that but I would probably if it was me I would probably maybe wait like another year or what are the conditions of this if it's like is it moving back to Texas is it like settling down having a family doing all of that stuff that like you weren't really ready to do before is that like what it is like riding on because I think that like the reason why you broke up was not because you stopped like loving him and like when that love is still there we can't be surprised and shocked by that that wasn't the issue and so to think that those issues aren't there anymore when you had the year doing all of this it kind of feels very like textbook like well maybe I spent this year and I got it out of my system and now we kind of come back together and I think that like 
I don't know. I think you could like totally go for it. But if it was me, like I felt a very big change between the ages of 24 and 25. And I would probably wait until I was 25. And or if I decided to like come back to like the hometown thing, I would test that out first before it came along with any commitments and be like, okay, moving back to my hometown seemed like a plan that I wanted to do. But now in practice, I don't feel like I've been gone from home enough to like want to be back. Yeah. I just think that like whatever choice you make, just not have those like attachment, those commitments attached to those choices, you know? Yeah, I agree. I know you mentioned that he broke up with the other girl he was seeing because he had a lot going on. What was going on? Like, what were the reasons why they broke up? Is that something that would hinder you two getting back together? Does he even want to get back together? Maybe he sees it as just because you're home that it's kind of like a temporary thing. Like he likes spending time with you there. I would write down like all the reasons why you broke up and look and see have either there are things that don't matter now anymore or are there things that both of you can work on or are there things that nothing's changed so I don't want to even you know revisit that I think just reminding yourself of the reasons why you broke up also if you move back to Texas making it so it's not just about him making it because it's something that you actually want and it has nothing to do with him he might be like a very small factor into that but you can't move back just because there might be a relationship there yeah I also think that like this is a decent enough age gap that like if he is wanting to date someone who is 24 when he's 29, the whole pressure of getting married and having kids and settling down, like that is something that like you then need to date someone older, like who's ready to do that. I think that expecting that of someone who is 24, that's something where like I think there's a lot of compromise when it comes to like relationships and things that you just have to compromise on. But that to me is one that I'm like, if you're going to date someone who is younger than you, mm-hmm. you have to f- know that that will factor in and you can't just want to push them up to your age and where you're at. And again, your brain's not fully developed until like you're 25. And I think that like it sounds very romantic and poetic that you had this like year apart and you did all of that kind of stuff. But like in the scheme of your life, a year is really not a large amount of time. No. And I think if he can't wait another year of, or if he can't like continue on with this for another year. And like, it feels like if this is a now or never, you're going to lose him kind of thing. I don't think he's the person for you. Right. Yeah. And I think that like, it feels very much like eventually you wanted to settle, but you didn't want to stay long-term in California. You weren't going to come back to Texas and all that, but it feels like he is influencing the timeline of it. And it feels like you should have gotten it out of your system maybe in some sense and that like everything should be back to like the better and ever than it was before. But it feels heavily influenced by his timeline, you know, and by him. Yeah. All right. Let us know after you thought, sat and thought about it. Let us know. Give us an update. Woo. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my. I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like I'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and and it's it's delicious it's so good and I just I love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah I drink mine specifically when I am working out it's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I... 
love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy delicious shake and they also have three tens four shake flavor starter kit which lets you sample all the flavors for only nine dollars Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective 
Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back from the break and we're getting to the rest of the class. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am 21 and I use she, her pronouns. And my boyfriend in the story is also 21, uses he, him pronouns. I'm calling in because I am arguing a bit with my boyfriend about how to proceed in moving in together. Right now, we've only been dating for like four months, totally not trying to move in now. But I just graduate, I'm about to graduate college literally this week. I'm so excited to be done. But he has a whole nother year and a half of college. So one semester and then a full year. And I was talking to him about when his lease is up in August. We've been together for about a year. I want to start my career and like I'm really wanting to move in together. Right now we live about 90 miles apart. So it takes us about like an hour and a half to drive to each other. And it's just kind of frustrating. And I would like to move to his area. However, I just can't afford my own place right now. And if I got a lease now, it would end six months after his ended. So they wouldn't line up. So the issue he ta we're having is he says he wants to wait to move in until after he's graduated, which will be in the spring of 2023. And I just really do not want to wait that long. But am I being unreasonable for not wanting to wait? Or should I find my own place? Should I look into getting roommates? I really don't want roommates. I've had horrible experience with them, but I just don't know what to do. I really want to move in with him at the one-year mark, but he's saying it's too soon. And I just I just want your advice because maybe it's too soon, and maybe I'm being crazy. So please, I'm a Pisces, so be a little bit gentle with me, but I can take it. Give me some love. It can be tough, though. Okay, love you both. Thank you. We kind of already shared our thoughts on this with the update. Yeah. I mean, this is like you moving in together with someone. We said this before, like should be uh, the next step in a relationship. And uh, the only time I think it should be convenience based is if it's a make or break budget situation and it's a dire need. You get evicted, like not like, oh, I would have to find roommates and like if there's a way for you to financially do it that doesn't involve moving in with your partner, but like if you get evicted, that I completely understand the dire need of it. Finding roommates is not, you know what I mean? Like needing mm -hmm. roommates is not, like you have other options. But yeah, moving in with your partner should be like a next step in a relationship and like should be equally excited. Like think of it yeah. like any other roommate. You're like, I really want to live with them, but they don't want to live with me. Yeah, you don't want him forced into a situation that he doesn't want to believe in. Why are you putting this unnecessary pressure on him and your relationship? Just wait. Yeah. He has reservations about this. Why are you trying to do something that he doesn't want to do? And I promise you it won't be fun for you because no. like, I mean this and like not... uh 
sexist way at all. But like when you are done with college and you're moving in with someone, even if if it's a roommate or a friend, you're playing house. And like, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like a partner, like it might not feel like a large gap in time between like the last year that you're in college and your first like quote unquote grown up apartment. But like it is like you are playing house for the first time, like and it is just different. And like he will still be in college. And I don't think that he as a roommate will meet your needs and your expectations. And it won't be as fun for you because like he's going to be studying for finals and like you're going to have other stuff that's like on your mind or whatever, but like you're living with a college boy. Mm-hmm. It's just different, especially in like the undergrad, like social settings of it as well, even in the pandemic. But like, it is just a different, a much different mindset that I don't think that you will enjoy it. Mindset and different lifestyles and different milestones that are going on in your lives. Yeah. Wait it out. Yeah. Just wait. And like, I think it's also like a year living like after dating for a year, moving in with someone, I think is really, really quick. But I think it's even quicker when you have to start talking about it at like four months and planning Mm -hmm. that. Like, that's just a lot. Mm -hmm. And like, if you want to be in a relationship that you want to move in with that person after a year, that's totally okay. But not this relationship because he doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. So like, then maybe it's breaking up and dating someone else and letting them know right off the bat that it's important to you to move in together at a year, you know? Yeah. But I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it at all. It won't be fun. No. It really won't be fun. But he's not going to want to do it anyway. Like, he's not going to go and put his name on a lease if he doesn't want to mean. do something. Like, you're going to so have to bring him kicking and screaming. Yeah. Next. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I am a 24-year-old who uses she, her pronouns. And I'm calling in about my best friend who is 29 and also uses she, her pronouns. Let's call her Emma. Potential trigger warning ahead for mentions of controlled substances. Emma has been a nurse for a few years. She worked insanely hard and overcame so much shit to get her nursing license. You have no idea. However, Emma recently got herself into a bit of trouble. About a month ago, she informed me that she had been suspended from her job due to drug diverting. That basically means she took some controlled substances from the pharmaceutical machine and did not return them. She says it's because she's been so overwhelmed and completely forgot to return them in the same day, which, for the record, is probably true. Thanks, COVID. I felt so horrible for her being punished over a simple mistake. They made her take a urine drug test on the spot, and hospital police even escorted her home to have her turn in the drugs. She's in required therapy and may have to go to court to fight for her nursing license and potentially dispute a felony charge. I figured it would be an easy investigation and she'd have her job back in no time since it was an obvious accident. However, that's when Emma reluctantly informed me that she had actually taken a couple of the pills to relieve one of her severe migraines because she was out of her prescription migraine medicine. I was on board and understanding when I thought it was a simple mistake, but now knowing she intentionally ingested some of the stolen medicine kind of makes me feel different about her. She had the medicine in her home for a few days, and part of me worries that she took them on purpose, and she just isn't ready to admit that. I truly don't believe that she's addicted, but I also don't now know how to be sure of that. I'm trying to be sensitive to her feelings as she's the one going through this firsthand, But as her best friend, I don't know how to react as I don't support this behavior. This just isn't something that aligns with my moral values. She also lives in another state, so I can't physically be there for her anyway. We primarily communicate via text or FaceTime. Any advice you might have about how I should proceed with our friendship would be greatly appreciated. And since I have some extra time, I'm Aries and she's a Scorpio. 
Thank you. Oh, and Megan, congrats on the engagement. Okay, bye. Well, thank you so much. This is tough. Yeah. I think that what she did, yes, nurses uh, and healthcare workers are, and so many essential workers are so wildly overworked and put in dangerous situations during COVID that um, naturally the percentage of human error that happens increases. Like it happens Mm -hmm. when there's lack of sleep. It happens when there's lack of support, all of that. But this is not that. Like this is... she lied about something that's very serious. And this is something that she knows was a felony. Like this is something that like, this was a decision that was made and it's a decision that can affect the rest of her life. And so I think operating under the circumstance that she is dependent on some medication, whether it's this medication or another medication, I think is probably the assumption to kind of go off of because this is a choice that is we are more likely to see in someone who is actively dealing with substance abuse mm-hmm. because it's not something that you do. You do lightly especially when you know so many things are against you like you know your job yeah taking drug tests all the time this is something that yeah that she needs help yeah and I think that like I mean the justice system is not a place for people to get help with substance abuse and so I think that your instinct of being like I don't know she's going through all of this so much and like want to support her. And I think that that is like the right instinct is supporting her. And that support long distance is really hard. And I think it's just when you have to deal with the justice system in regards to substance abuse and active addiction, it really makes that feel like a moral failure and a personal failure that like addiction is a choice and addiction is a disease. Yeah. And I think that the way that you can show your support with that is knowing that that's the rhetoric that she's probably hearing a lot and has become essentially a criminal and a villain in all of this, that it's like, hey, I love you so much. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I just want to let you know if you are struggling with any sort of dependency on like any of these medications, that does not change how I feel about you. Like you're a wonderful person. Like I love you so much. And addiction if that's what you are dealing with, like is not your own personal failure and it is a disease and it's not a choice. And I'm here to support you in anything that I can do with that. And I just like want to let you know that like you are a good person. This doesn't make you a bad person. And like, I am here for whatever you want, like and whatever you need. And like, you can always call me. I'm not going to judge you. I just want you to be safe. And however informed you feel comfortable informing me so I can be able to know your where know you and if anything at any chance were to go wrong I can be informed in helping you please like give me as much information as you are comfortable giving me so I can be the best friend that I can for you and for your safety and that's pretty much it I know you have more experience with this just because of what your dad does but do you think that calling it and I'm asking because I don't know calling it an addiction is the right thing to do if we don't know how she's we know that she stole that's a form of abuse yeah but is it the right thing to do if she hasn't recognized 
Well, so that's the thing that like anyone who is dealing with taking substances recreationally, whether it started as like prescribed medical things and then has come into something that involves dependency, individually, people need to define it for themselves. So I think if you bring up in general, even us, like bringing up the term addiction, that has to be a a self-imposed title. But yeah, you kind of have to like for her saying it like you can she can bring up the word addiction and be like, if that's something that you align yourself with or recognize in yourself or if there's another term that feels fine with it. But I think from like our side of it, diagnosing someone with like substance abuse disorder or like saying that someone is an addict, we can only really go based off of like information that we have in that. And I think that like you either take medication because you're selling it or you steal medication because you're taking it. You know, and I think if we didn't know that she had taken it, I'm also not inclined to automatically assume someone is selling and distributing controlled medication before I am assuming that they might be dealing with their own. Do you think that the caller should ask her more questions to see? Because it seems like she wasn't initially forthcoming with the information, but then became more open to talking about it, to ask her more questions to see if this is the first time that she's done something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the best thing to do because like she's actively going through criminal charges and mm-hmm. dealing with that right now, that the first thing is making sure to know that you are like a safe place to share more information to because I think like following up with like more questions that she hasn't been forthcoming with them, it might feel like an interrogation in that sense or like what's the right like tell me the right answer. But if you basically kind of go for, and obviously not in these exact words, but if you kind of go for like worst case scenario, she has a dependency on something and she is dealing with active addiction and you reassure like, if that's happening, like I love you, like does not mean that you're a bad person or anything like that offers her up to be honest in whatever way that she is comfortable doing. I think that like, if she is struggling with active addiction and simultaneously with like a court case, which she is so much on the line for that, like, you don't know how honest she's going to like be with you. Especially if y'all are texting. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like in the, her stuff could get subpoenaed and stuff. So if you can make it abundantly clear that whether it's the next day or the day after, months later, anything that like you are someone who she can count on and rely on to be a non-judgmental person, like that's the best thing that you can do for somebody mm-hmm who is going through any of that. And maybe she's not like, maybe it is, maybe it was a overtired lapse in judgment kind of thing. And even if that is also the case, people going through addiction, the way we talk about disabled people, the way we talk about all of that kind of stuff, I think like even in friendships and relationships that are sober or able-bodied or anything like that, it's always nice to have that kind of baseline level. So like, I think it's a very big moral thing that we don't really talk about that much that like if something were to ever happen, you know, you could call that person Mm -hmm. and you know that like, wow, like you really care about me. And this is something that like, I know you're really here for me because like, I don't want to assume that she, I mean, she took them. So like that, it kind of tells you. That is an abuse in itself is that she physically took them and then them as in took them from the medical thing Mm -hmm. and then put them in her mouth and swallowed them. Yeah. And, and it makes me really sad. Like that's a level of risk and crime that you are taking to me says that this has gotten to like a really bad point. And like, that this is like a really, like she really needs a friend, like Mm -hmm. really needs someone to tell her that 
This doesn't make her a bad person. And it also doesn't make her, and this might be controversial to some people, and it's not a controversial statement, that it doesn't make her bad at her job. It like, there is like absolutely no moral failure with addiction or substance abuse at all. There are just unfortunate situations and having access to medication when you are going through any of that, like it's so prevalent in the medical field from patients with, from doctors, nurses, all of that kind of stuff that someone's access to it, that's not like abusing their power. That is someone who is surrounded by their vice and that thing. And when that happens, it doesn't make them a bad person or bad at their job. It just Mm -hmm. means that they like really need some help. Yeah. And if she gets like upset with you or it is like a lot of denying any of that, don't fight it. Just be like, okay, I just wanted to let you know if that ever changes. Like, these are still my feelings about it. Like, and we talk about this with like, like friends who are in really bad relationships, like making sure you're staying there. That's like a whole different level when it comes to addiction and that kind of stuff, because by nature of it, you keep a lot of secrets and you hide a lot of things. And that's a, that's where things get really dangerous. So I don't mean like appease her if you know she's lying to you, but like, if you know she's lying to you, kind of, yeah, like you don't have to enable her by any means and don't enable her. But protect that friendship and that line of communication because Mm -hmm. it's important. Yeah. This is so sad. It really is. And I also think about that with like people in the medical field. A lot of like people who've like dealt with substance abuse and who like are sober and no longer using like will go into like medical fields and help people. But like with the shortages of nurses and places Mm -hmm. and people being put in positions and with access to things that they don't normally have access to and like the stress and all of that, like it's... It's like incredibly, incredibly hard. Yeah. So sending love to anybody who is dealing with active addiction or has anyone in their family who is because the last couple of years have really put stressors on all of our mental health. And mm-hmm. so yeah. and also last thing I will say, if you don't personally want to forgive any addicts in your life, that is totally fine. If you had a parent who was not available and around for you during any of that, that is 100% your choice to make. There's a lot of ways that like you cope with having that. And however you cope is completely fine. But friend to friend in those relationships, and if you can, you know, being on this level, but you know, this sucks. And I'll put some resources in the show notes too. All right, time for Don't Blame Them. So um, this is where... One of you calls in with your own advice pertaining to a different call. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling in um, for a don't blame them. My pronouns are she, her, and I am uh, 21 years old. And I'm calling for the episode three of season nine, International Love Bombing, but for don't blame them on snitching on children's reckless behavior. So last year, I had a similar situation where I found one of my cousin's TikTok accounts, and she is the youngest cousin on that side, and I'm the oldest cousin. She was in the fifth grade at the time. I don't know exactly how old. She also looks young for her age, and she's a gymnast, so she's used to wearing a bra-type top and really short, tight shorts. Anyway, 
I found her TikTok and I was going through it because she's adorable and I wanted to see what she was posting and she was dancing to WAP and a bunch of other very inappropriate songs and dances for her age. So immediately I told my mom about it, who told her brother, who is my cousin's father. So I told my mom because I didn't feel comfortable telling my uncle directly and he took care of it. And so I have to agree with Melissa. I think that you should talk to the 14 year old um, parent because if I were to go up to my fifth grade aged cousin, I think that's like 10 or 11 and like talk to her and tell her that this was inappropriate. She would not respect me and would not see that it's something that she needs to be concerned about, but because her father was able to take care of it. Also, they're just like huge Republicans, so I didn't want to talk to her dad directly. Anyway, I'm about to be, or I'm about to graduate with a teaching licensure for high schoolers, so I will be teaching high school when she's still in middle school, so there is also that dynamic of working with children there, because I do work with children in order to obtain my degree in the future. So, anyway, I hope this helped. I'm so sorry, Megan, that I'm not agreeing with you. Usually I agree with you on most things, but love the podcast. Thanks guys. Bye. You're not disagreeing with me. We if, remember by the end of the call, I was like, I just wouldn't feel comfortable. I would tell my parent. Do you know what I mean like I would tell mm-hmm. the parent to tell their sibling, which is exactly what you did. Yeah. So to not grow on the understand that. Wait, so it, not that this has anything to do with this. But so she's going to be, she's 21 now. Next mm-hmm. year, she's teaching high school students. Mm-hmm. She'll be 22 teaching high schoolers. Yeah. So if you think back to, well, for me, if I think back to a lot of my teachers, they were, a half of them were not that much older. I think the youngest teacher I had when is when I was in third grade or fourth grade, fifth grade. And they were... I would think in their 20s, maybe, mm-hmm. but like probably like mid or mid to like later 20s. But high school, no. Yeah. Like everybody had like my friend, like kids wild. Yeah. Well, that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoy. We're excited to be back recording new ones. And if you want to follow us over on social media, Instagram, TikTok, we would really appreciate it. And if you are listening this far, I'm going to be back on my game of like posting episodes. I mean, posting the graphics on time. So what should they comment? Comment either California or Texas. If you think that that girl should stay in California longer, or if you think she should move to Texas and live a Hallmark life. (laughs) Texas is not very Hallmarky. No offense, Hallmark. But uh, yeah, we also have our other podcast that comes out on Thursdays. So if you want to hear But Am I Wrong, check us out there. It's a great time. Follow us on socials. Follow me on socials everywhere. Follow me at she is not Melissa on Instagram. You can see me in a rabbit coat. It's fabulous. <laughs> she is giving money. Like money, money, like standing out of that sky thing in like the limo and just with cash (laughs) and jewels and gloves. I love that. If you want to leave us a review on the podcast app, we would appreciate it. Oh, I wanted to read one, I think. Hold on. Okay. I do have a question for the people who hate me. I'm just like really curious about this because like I'm not I don't even mean this in a facetious way. Like I'm genuinely curious when people say this one. 
I really used to enjoy this podcast up until recently. This is definitely Rachel. I really used to love this podcast and Megan up until recently. There's always been negativity and bullying in my opinion, but just recently I've realized how negative and sad I'd be after an episode and realizing I had to stop listening to the constant bullying. Megan used to have such compassion for people, but lately you can tell she just projects her own pain by bullying others. I'm not a Rachel by any means or by any means a conservative, but I do hope Megan can learn to be not so hateful and begin to heal. What if I've been negative? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like we've definitely had, like we had a review from someone who had said, or no, I think it was in the Facebook group a while ago that it was just like we had negative energy in one episode and it was just that like if we can like vary up the kinds of calls that we pick and I was like, totally hear you yes and like we did you know what i mean but this Mm -hmm. i'm like i'm sorry the last three episodes have been (laughs) re-uploads like i'm so confused you know yeah but it's because it's a rachel yeah the great thing about adhd is i forget everything so like something bad can happen and i will okay like the insurrection the day after i forgot until i got back on twitter and i'm like oh yeah shit I remember exactly what I was doing at the time. Oh, I remember the exact moments, but, you know, the day after. Do you want to read a positive one to end us Yeah, considering that's the only negative one. Let's see. Uh, Another great year of Don't Blame Me episodes. I'm a total fan of the new But Am I Wrong podcast with Megan and Melissa as well. Loving the end of the year re-release episodes as well. So fun to listen back to the iconic calls. Makes me so happy. Also, this one, I have so many questions about this. Just discovered this podcast a couple of weeks ago. And there's another one that goes, I found this podcast through Megan's features on Cammy's podcast. That's what I was going to say. Some people have come from Cammy's podcast. Now, this is a shameless plug for Cammy Crawford's podcast, Relationship. It's fantastic. It's great. I just listened to her New Year's Zodiac episode earlier this week. And it's great. We love Cammy. All right. That's it. Thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. If you want to see us, Patreon yeah. videos. Join our live streams. And we still have merch, too. Oh, we have merch. Buy our merch. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 